Matthew, the craziest thing happened to me or happened to us this week. Um, we found out. Uh, well, we're, we're thinking about having to switch Ruby's daycare. Um, we found out that okay. they're they're only teaching twenty five of the letters of the alphabet. And you know, we looked into it, and nobody knows why. <laughs> Turn the tables. Welcome to Batman. <laughs> And welcome to a Solidarity Forever episode of Battery Mates. We have a CBA agreement. Labor has won. The triumph of Labor yet again um, has felt its full force in baseball. I am Matthew in Manchester, England. And Toby in Chicago, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, We have baseball again. I just saw on Twitter people are playing... like players in uniforms are playing catch and like, you know, taking batting practice. And, uh, you know, after months of not being able to even look at their faces on an MLB sponsored website, I'm just like, <laughs> so happy. <laughs> it's, it's almost like things I are back had, to normal. I've had about 4,000 push notifications from the MLB app over the last 24 <laughs> hours, none of which I'm interested in, but I love getting them. I think I, I I selected some like weird um not weird some option where the app shows up as the Cleveland Guardians logo C and so anytime I get a push notification with the Cleveland Guardians app I think it's Cleveland related and I think oh god oh my god yeah. they made a trade uh, but it's and it's like Iser Kiner Falefa is a twin and it's like I don't care. <laughs> yeah I've got I've got the same thing with with the Nats logo it, it gets me every single time <laughs> every time. I'm gonna turn it off soon. I'm going to turn it off soon, but I'm enjoying it at the moment. I'm enjoying getting got. I'm enjoying <laughs> thinking about baseball without being really, really angry. Yes. It's nice. It's nice. Here it's... we go. Here we go. <laughs> you know, and it won't last long. Um, we're going to be really angry. We're just, <laughs> our emotions are going to be bad again sometime this season. Um, but so, yeah, should we go right into it? I think we should go right around the horn. Um, we, we initially thought about maybe doing a – a rapid response episode um, when the news broke the other day. Um, you had, you were otherwise occupied with sports um, misery, right? Like that was, Ugh, yeah. Don't get me started. Yeah. Don't get me started. I won't. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> 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 let's go around, Sorry. Let's go around. Sorry. <laughs> you're, you're, uh, are you eating a chocolate? Is that a chocolate? That was uh, astutely done. I'm eating a whisper bar. Which is a is a British kind of chocolate bar that uh, 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 American listeners to this uh, um, podcast will not know the taste of chocolate, which doesn't leave you feeling like you've just eaten trash. <laughs> but this is a this is a nice chocolate bar that that leaves a nice sweet taste in your mouth. You've said you've been on this um, kick. You probably said this on the on the on the podcast before. We've been doing this for so long that I don't even remember. We probably had this conversation before, but. Um, you know, uh, for the three or four people who uh, are listening, um, uh, let's do it again. But no, I, I think um, we actually, <laughs> Laura uh, my, um, got me for Christmas last year, um, like 2020, a collection of like a sampler pack of uh, English chocolates um, and British. Whis- British, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was Whis- Whispa, is that what it is? I had one of those. Whisper bar, yep. Yeah, that's what I'm eating right now. Flake? Is there a golden whisper? Or a golden uh, flake? There is a golden whisper. It's kind of like a whisper bar, but with caramel in the middle. Yeah, had that too. Um, mm. You know, oh, ca- yeah. various Cadburys, you know. Um, yeah. See, all we have here is the Cadbury egg. Um, no. Which are no. different. <laughs> no, it, it's called Cadbury in America, but um, it doesn't have the same ingredients. That's really important to know. Americans who see Cadbury's in, you know, Dwayne Reed or wherever, that's not proper Cadbury. It's trash American <laughs> recipe, and it's not the same as you get in England. 
Well, I can say I, I did notice a difference in taste. I think that there, it's like a creamier chocolate. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's like the taste between sweetness and bin juice. <laughs> bin juice? Oh, like a like a garbage pan, pail? <laughs> um, yes, if you want, if you want to call it that. Well, I just bin juice. I was, I, I, you know, I, I didn't immediately click for me what you were talking about. Bin juice. <laughs> There's um not to not to take us even further off on a tangent, but I saw a fantastic um Norwich Norwich City uh tweet earlier. Uh, a guy who lives in Norwich, someone has put up signs on all of the you have these like trash cans for to put your you know dog poo in. Um, do you have the you have those in America, right? You you put like a specific bin you put your dog poo in when you're cleaning up after your dog. Someone has okay. put a picture of the president of Russia with a big sign that says poo bin <laughs> <laughs> Vladimir poo bin <laughs> on all of the dog on all of the dog dirt uh, trash cans I fucking love this country sometimes <laughs> that's very, very good like yeah that he's gonna see he's, he's gonna see that on Twitter at some point he's gonna be like oh my god I've been so owned this is a fucking disaster. <laughs> yeah, out. he may have he, he may have shut down Twitter in Russia, but he definitely has a VPN and is looking at uh, looking at the memes. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Okay, collective bargaining okay, agreement. Yeah, let's go around the horn. I, I think we start with the terms of the agreement. You know, if you if you if you're you know practicing self health um, and being, <sighs> taking care of yourself, and you're you're not paying attention to the nitty gritty, we're gonna go through it really quickly. Like just like here are the the big top line details um in case because you weren't interested before but you are now somehow um i think that (laughs) a couple of the big things is you know what the players really fought for the minimum salaries start this year at seven hundred thousand, and they will eventually go up to seven hundred eighty thousand over the next several seasons this is the largest jump in real dollars um or in i guess whatever the other you know actual dollars um uh, in history um that's from five hundred seventy thousand or so to seven hundred thousand, which is really amazing um, the CB, the collective, um, uh, the like luxury tax thresholds went up. Um, they're going to be at 230 million this year, and they'll rise to 244. They've actually they, they added a fourth threshold, like a fourth uh, tier of the tax, which they're openly calling the Steve Cohen tax, which is hilarious. Um, uh, and Steve Cohen did not object to it, which is uh, you know very Steve Cohen, very on brand for Steve Cohen. Um, so that's a big win. Cool flex. Yeah, cool flex. <laughs> uh, it, the, the pre-arbitration, there's a pre-arbitration bonus pool. This is one of the new things this year. Um, so uh, people, players who are not eligible, have not have enough service time to uh, be eligible for arbitration, will be eligible for a um, performance-based bonus pool. The 100 players will get, will mm. split $50 million. Um, and there's some other, you know, uh, different things they're, they're doing to help you know, level the playing field for those young kids uh, a little bit, <laughs> just a, just a, t- a tiny bit. Um, there's a, <laughs> additional service time awarded for people who finish in the top votes um, of awards, Rookie of the Year, MVP, Cy Young. Um, <laughs> so you get you get a full full year of service time if you, if you win win an award or, or uh, finish in the top five or something like that. There's a and now they finally capped the number of times a player can be optioned in a season at five, which means. You can only be sent down once you've been called up. You can only be sent down to the minors in a season five times, which is still a ludicrously high number of times. To be clear, um, and and by the way, there, there's like carve outs for if they're injuries related, which there are always injuries related. So I, I just don't think that's is going to really change much for some of these poor uh, quadruple A players. Um, and then they, so then we got uh, some minor things. Amateur draft. I mean, the minor for me. I don't know. Probably very important for people who, who follow this stuff closely. But the amateur draft um, is being reduced from forty rounds to twenty rounds. That kind of stinks. Um, I think. Uh, uh, and then the, the, there's a instituting a draft lottery now, so it's it's going to take out some of the incentives for tanking, but not all of them. To be clear, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know, so you're not guaranteed that the best spot if you lose 120, the number one pick if you lose 120 games. I guess it's good. Um, it sucks to be Baltimore. It does suck to be Baltimore or Pittsburgh. Um, both very bad teams. Um, and then, so keep they're going to keep talking about this. Is the, one of the things that came up at the very last minute, or seemingly did, um, was instituting an in, uh, international draft, 
which players have been like kind of vehemently against, especially um, Latin players. Um, and they're, they're, they're going to, they decided they're going to keep talking about it. Uh, and they, I think they're going to have till sometime in July um, to either agree to one uh, or, and in exchange they get, they'd eliminate um, compensation picks, draft picks for um, when, when teams lose free agents or a player to free agency, they get a compensation pick. Um, and those would go away, you know, making it free agency a little more free. Um, and uh, if, if the players agree to an international draft. Um, so we'll see on that front, but it looked like that was going to maybe be the, the, what spiked the, the deal um, at the end, and, and thank goodness that didn't. Um, there will be, uh, at some point soon, ads on uniforms. Um, so, uh, you know, I know you, I know you uh, British football or I guess yeah. world football person, that's not, you're not going to blink at that, but uh, we're pretty relaxed about that one. Yeah. Um, probably not going to be thrilled when, uh, you know, Cleveland inevitably is, is uh, sponsored by, you know, some, you know, I don't know, paint company or something like that. Um, or more likely well, some gasoline. The Washington nationals are absolutely definitely going to be sponsored by a lobbying firm. <laughs> it's going to be who's Allen is going on the, is going on the oh. sleeve. Oh, that's so bad. Oh, man. Hey, it's, it's better than an arms manufacturer. That's the next option. <laughs> oh, God. You're right. This is pretty bad. Nationals are definitely going to have a bad one. Um, yeah. Maybe they'll have... Yeah. What was the what was the union that, like, was doing a bunch of uh, ads on Axe Games? <laughs> NACA. We bring you home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they'll leave, maybe they'll leave NACA on their, on their NAT jerseys. I've always said that the uh, the team the, the the sponsor of choice for the Nationals is National Car Rent Rental. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, so the stuff that fans actually care about. Um, this is the. Uh... I think Ma- Matthew just uh, communicated what the next item is, um, in in his language, which is uh, a universal designated hitter. Um, so. You know, we finally uh, we've watched the last pitcher bat um, on purpose, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, pour one out. Uh, you know, we can have we've been threatening <laughs> to have a, like a full on debate on this for a long time. We've never done it, um, so maybe we should. It's too late now. I mean, what, what's the point of doing it now? But um, yeah, it'll be weird. But uh, as you'll, one of the other things that's going to happen starting in twenty twenty three is that every team is going to play every other team in the in major league baseball so there's no longer you're no longer like interleague play is not just relegated to one uh division per year you're going to play every team for a series so you know making it so the rules are the same uh helps helps make that easier um another one that i think is you know a little bit of a cringe for a lot of baseball fans is they're expanding the postseason now. I, I, there were so many rumors out there that it was the, the the owners were looking for fourteen teams to be in the postseason, which is essentially just have a postseason and not a regular season. Then <laughs> just just eliminate the one hundred and sixty two games because half your teams are getting in at that point. But um, twelve is you know you feel like you can stomach it a little more um, because of the threat to go to fourteen. But so every uh, in in each league. Uh, there'll be the three division winners as we currently have. And now there'll be three wild cards per league. The the next three best teams. So in theory, four teams could make the playoffs from one division. um, If they were all had good records. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And the way it works is the two, the way it's going to work is the two, the best two division winners per league get a a buy from the wild card round. And then there'll be a best of three series between the, the 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 other division winner and the third wild card and then the other two wild cards will play each other and all three games will be in the higher seeded city so that's one big advantage that that, that team would have um and uh then the it, it goes from there i mean I, if you really care about the the seating um it's you can look into it but uh the one of the things that breaks my heart about this is they are getting rid of games 163 if there ever was a tie you can't be eliminated from the playoffs um through a a tiebreaker like a a mathematical tiebreaker in baseball you know history and now it'll every tie will be broken with some sort of formula 
um, which is kind of sad. Uh, there'll be no more one game playoffs to decide who wins the division or who makes the wild card. Um, which would be a real big bummer if you uh, <laughs> ended up missing out on the postseason or you know had to play in a wild card game because you, you know some weird you know tie breaking rule. Um, but well, have they said? Have they said? Well, I didn't. Um, have they said what the tie breaking rules will be? Is it going to be based on head to head? It's usually head to head. Yeah. Um, I almost said it, it'll be the team with the more with more wins, um, but I realize that's. <laughs> That's not really how what you're talking about there. No, that's, um, not, that's not how that works. <laughs> I, I've always thought that it should be based on run differential to try and get rid of this whole like giving up after the seventh inning if you're you've already got a four-run lead or whatever. Fans want to see runs, so if you need to run up the score, that that helps fans. But that's true. They'll just do head-to-heads, won't they? Yeah, probably head-to-heads. And then I think I I don't know. There is like a runs scored, runs allowed thing. I think. Um. Or maybe inter, inter, uh, your uh, your record in your division maybe is another one like how well you played your own division. Yeah. Um, I can't remember, but they'll release that at some point. We don't actually have the text of the CBA, by the way. That won't be for for weeks. I think they will have the actual official agreement. But these are the terms, <laughs> so they're writing it based on this. And classic. <laughs> the other, uh, the, you know, speaking of the seventh inning, um, I am heartened by that there, there no longer will be seven inning double headers um or seven yes. inning games and double headers and there will no longer be a ghost runner on second um to start extra innings yep. so they've they've fixed yep. you know I, I don't know why they experimented with that um for two seasons um i understood it during the pandemic season but i, I really didn't i don't understand like clearly you know if they were going to get rid of it anyway um i don't know and it'll be we'll all look back at this time and at the time when there was a ghost runner on second for extra innings, I, and I kind of, I kind of, I kind of, um, um, I kind of acclimated to the to the ghost runner, but the seven the seven inning doubleheader that was absolutely horrendous. It, it, you know why I didn't I hated it more than anything is that what would, ha- what would happen is like it throws off your entire rhythm of caring about the game or like like how intensely you're, you're following it. Um, cause yeah. I, I would have this thing where I, you know, I, I'd kind of like keep an eye on it when I'm, you know, kind of making dinner for the kids or whatever. And, and then like, you know, look up and it's the sixth inning and be like, Oh, I got a couple, like an hour before <laughs> yeah. this is over. Yeah. So I kind of, kind of keep, you know, and then I, it'll dawn on me that, Oh, oh shit, it's a double header. This, this is like the, the eighth game's inning. Over. Yeah. Game's over. <laughs> we have one more at bat. What the hell? Um, so, and then the, the, the last thing is they will be future rule changes. Um, and they, they've changed the, the amount of time for review of the rule changes from a full year to 45 days. So, um, but it, it does mean that there will not be a, a pitch clock this season or a, a ban on shifting defensive shifts um, uh, in 2022. Bigger bases. Uh, bigger bases. I think I don't, yeah, I don't, I, I haven't seen anything on that. I think that may be a, a delayed as well. Yeah, it's not this year. Yeah. It's delayed. Okay. It's delayed. Well, all of the changes are delayed, but all of the changes are happening. Yeah. Oh, they are. The, is it? I think they could still uh, decide against it. Um, I mean, yeah, they could. Yeah, they could. But let's let's be let's be real. <laughs> it, the <laughs> they're, shift, they're happening. The ban on shifts actually is a huge deal, and some players would get a lot better offensively. Um, like I was just looking at the number of uh, times that Jose Ramirez, like in ninety six percent of his at bats, he's shifted on. <laughs> Um, it's like it also, uh... <laughs> it also depends. It also depends what kind of shift they're talking about, because they've experimented with different shifts. Right, and I haven't seen. I think that this is still going to be a proposal on this. It's like there's the the left right shift about how many players are which side of the se- of second base, but also players on um, the dirt. How many players you have on the dirt and so on. So it'd be interesting to see what model of shift band they come up with. Yeah, um, we were experimenting in Cleveland with um, having our players like actually lying down, um, for, <laughs> and that shift. Um, I mean, the, you know, it's still early; it's a small sample size, but it, I didn't the eye didn't pass the eye test, as far as I know. Um, uh, anyway, uh, but the, the, I think the big takeaway anyway, from this, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a it's a decent deal. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, you know. The, I, and I know I know most people want to talk about who won, who lost. Uh, honestly, my takeaway from the whole thing is, what the fuck took them so long? I know. These, these are not 
these are not fundamental big question like this is this is kind of nickel and dime shit it from is. my point of view I, I just you know they fucked about here I, I i saw this agreement and i was like oh my god really is this was that it yeah and and they kind of landed i mean not at the exact midpoints from their starting positions but pretty close and if they if you just would have like chosen the midpoints and started you know negotiating right away rather than 43 days after the lockout began um you know i think you might have had it wouldn't have had all this drama um i mean just thank god we're getting a 162 game season like that that really would have left a lot of fans with um bad taste in their mouths if like they had actually missed games because i felt kind of I felt kind of annoyed by the whole the whole drama of the situation, and then I saw the the deal, and I was kind of even more annoyed. <laughs> but I'm I'm going to be fine with it because they're going to play a proper season. Yeah. But if they if they had like genuinely gone into April, I would have been very very upset, and it, it, the whole thing leaves a bad taste in the mouth. But we'll be fine as soon as that first pitch goes. Yeah, I mean. It's... Yeah, spring training is already happening as we're recording this like they're already players have to report tomorrow is a mandatory report deadline um <laughs> but um i i think i do want to take a minute to um uh, you know amend something we talked about last time because i i was complaining last time about how so much of the media coverage and the coverage of this is just clearly biased um and i was just astounded by how many people were just parroting talking points that favor the, the owners um, uh, or, or like equated the, the situation. They, they, they both sides the situation. And so it made it so like millionaires versus billionaires and shit like that. And, and it's just like garbage takes. Yeah. I have to say, uh, after doing some more reading, and there was a great Washington Post story about this. Um, this was like, apparently it's like usually a lot worse. <laughs> like the, the tenor of media coverage is usually... 100% anti-player. Um, and I think, you know, in these in these labor uh, disputes, I think this, for, for all of them, you know, this was a pretty, like, even-sided. Um, and honestly, like, there were a lot of pro-player voices. Uh, you know, the, the Washington Post story kind of had a sampling of things. Um, there was, like, a, an athletic headline that said, Baseball games will be canceled, and there's no both sides in this one. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yahoo, there was, um, uh, you know, pointing out that it, you shouldn't be calling this millionaires versus billionaires because a lot of major league baseball players never become millionaires, um, <clears throat> like a lot of them. Uh, there was a uh, there was a, <laughs> a New York Times column that, uh, t- called the the last Ma- Manfred uh, offer before they they canceled that first week of games. Um, as a, a an offer that was quote engineered to be rejected, <laughs> which is like true, but also like amazing to see in print, uh, in, you know, in a, in a you know in the coverage of this. Um, anyway, and then like you know Jeff Passan and Ken Rosenthal and um, Evan Drellich, I just they've been really uh, eye opening in terms of kind of like showing how um, this. The, unpacking the tactics that were coming at us, and we'll get more into Major League Baseball's tactics in a bit, in a bit here. Um, yeah. But the way this played out, and I think one of, this may be one of the reasons why this got resolved as quickly as it did, is early this week, or like I would say the 7th or 8th, there was a poll, a morning consult poll that came out um, that showed that 45% of baseball fans blamed owners for the lockout, which is fair because the owners locked the players out <laughs> so they were just factually correct um and 21 only 21 percent blame the players and another um whatever the remainder uh which is an unknowable number um uh they, they uh you know didn't know i didn't have an opinion but 45 to 21 that's like two to one um and it's a complete switch from where things were in 94 now, granted 94 was a strike but 47 percent of fans backed owners then and 26 percent backed players so it's great. I mean, that, that's a big difference. And I think the coverage has something to do with it um, or having access to this kind of media environment um, where you, you have um, uh, people paying attention to the, the, the details and a lot more people with uh, just having, yeah. having the range of views. You know, it's not just like a, 
uh, information mediated through a really small group of very well-connected journalists. So you know, all of the um, legacy media um, have been much more even-handed this time, partly because the owners are just in it wrong. It's a lockdown. It's not a strike. 94 was a strike. Mm-hmm. And so the media have reacted to that to some extent. But they're also reacting to the fact that fans can access information from other sources other than them. And I'm not saying like Jeff Passon is being more even-handed because John Boy Media is, hmm. uh, you know, really well listened to. But it, it, it's not irrelevant, is it? No. It's not irrelevant. Um, and so I think that it has been a lot more even-handed. But at the same time, not that, not that even-handed. I mean, the owners have been they have such a weak position. Yeah. And it's not really being called out. It, it kind of is remind it. It, it, it not quite as bad, but it has looked a lot like the media coverage of Democrats and Republicans, where the media is saying, "Hey, Republicans are a little bit fascistic here," <laughs> um, without saying the Republicans have gone total fascist. And they're trying to both sides as much as they can within the context of the facts that are Democrats are trying to, you know, do some stuff, and Republicans are saying that violent insurrection is basically okay it kind of reminded me a bit of that where media are trying really really hard to find ways in which they can both sides it in the context of a situation in which one side is right and one side is wrong it's just a very different it's just a very different media environment Uh, yeah yeah it's it is and I, i think you know for a moment of levity in all this as you know as this was actually wrapping up and you know, it's good to it's you know remember that there were moments of real optimism, or at least being <laughs> optimism that was being communicated to fans through Major League Baseball's mouthpieces um, about a resolution to the deal. Uh, it happened two or three times, and it would fall, fall apart last minute. And there, we'll get into that in a second. But uh, on the day this actually got resolved. Um, <laughs> my favorite things is when we look back at this, how ridiculous this moment was. But Jeff Passan's Twitter account got hacked by um, something promoting something called Skull Tunes NFT. <laughs> Did you see this? Yeah, I just fucking uh, any any NFT shit. I just I love the whole thing is so mad. I just but like the added benefit of it being like Jeff Passan like clicked on some random tweet uh random link to let himself get hacked was just all the more beautiful <laughs> yeah and we should mention that we don't talk about this much but you do run one of the pre- premier nft podcasts um on your, in your on the side um it's one of your hobbies right <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's go ape.com <laughs> let's go ape oh is it time for a should we take a quick word from our sponsor this episode of Battery Mates is brought to you by Skulltoons NFT. Hey, Skulls, we've partnered with Skulltoons NFT to give away 20 pre-sale spots for their upcoming launch on March 20th. Winners are randomly selected from whoever sends a DM to Jeff Passan. Our thanks to Skulltoons NFT for all the work you're doing to finally end the scourge of token fungibility around the globe. I feel like we should thank Jeff personally for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have to communicate with him to pick the winners. I think. Um, but yeah, we should definitely chat. Thank him. Should we? Should we DM him? <laughs> we should DM. Yeah, let's DM him. Maybe we'll win. Uh, you already have a lot of Skulltoons NFT, I think, right? I would assume. Um, a lot, a lot. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm very, very anti-fungible. I don't, I don't want anything funged. You could get, you know, <laughs> stop funging. Just stop funging everybody, you know. <laughs> when I was, go- this is a, I think it's a generational thing. When I was growing up, none of us ever funged stuff. Uh, yeah. It would just, we just wouldn't even think about funging anything. And I think the generation before us was very, very fungible. And this generation is more fungible. But to you and I, we're just very, very non fungible. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, you know, just like most people my age, and this, I think this is the difference in our age. We're slightly a couple of years apart, right? Um, so mm. I, of course, I dabbled a little bit in funging. Just like, <laughs> you know, it was right at, it was right between um, being really into baseball cards and, 
you know, uh, t- you know, taking music lessons. I got a little bit, just a little t- tiny bit uh, into funging. Right around the same time, I was into Magic: yeah. The Gathering. Um, but <laughs> we just wouldn't funge anything. Oh. I just wouldn't have occurred to us. Yeah. It just wouldn't. You know, you'd you'd sometimes like someone would as, as a joke be like, "Hey guys, let's funge this thing," and we'd be like, "It would." You wouldn't even take that seriously. It wouldn't be like a. You'd obvious. It would only ever be a joke. No one was ever going to fudge any tokens. Yeah. One time I got back to my dorm and everything in my closet had been funged, and and then (laughs) and every and of course my roommate was like in the other you know hiding and they came out and like ha 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 we funged your closet (laughs) and I was like yeah got me (laughs) yeah I had to wash everything Um, yeah. Yeah, it's funny because I, I I went to visit my mom um, uh, on Friday, and and she was talking about um, uh, the fungibility uh, rationing that they had during the war. Because in right. England we had ration, we had rationing during the war, and everything was rationed, including uh, the fungibility of tokens. And so you could only fungi a certain number of things to a certain extent in a given month and you had to check in with the government show your id have you like i mean this is like very old school right so they literally had a card and you would have the card stamped to show how much you had funged that month oh my goodness it just wasn't i mean it was like a real and she um she said that she remembered when she i think she was nine she was nine and my aunt was five when fungibility rationing was lifted and and her father, my wow. grandfather, uh, took her because you had to go to a local store to do any anything to do with fungibility. You had to go to a local store. You couldn't do it at home. No internet in those days, obviously. <laughs> and um, uh, my grandfather gave her um, nine pence, nine pence, uh, nine pennies, nine pence worth of uh, fungibility oh, wow. um, to to get to get that many tokens. She she just couldn't spend that much because she had not. She'd not been able to do any funging during the war. That nine pence worth of funging just was beyond her. Wow! And um, yeah, she remembers that even now. Well, and it, you know, it underscores what you were saying earlier about the generational differences. Because we, you know, we wouldn't even think about funging seriously, funging right. Um, but just one generation before, two generations ago, um, we're talking about rationing. Huge. That's his, and you know, I, I, I was. Just, oh. it, it reminds me. I was just through a podcast, one of my favorite podcasts about. Um, you know, American politics is the uh, uh, this day in esoteric political history, and they were just covering the Declaration of Independence. And um, do you know that, that list of inalienable, inalienable rights that uh, Jefferson kind of threw out there? Do you know he was? It wasn't originally life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It was life, liberty, and fungibility. And I had no idea about that until. And, and again, it speaks oh, to the generational geez. differences, right? They were just so focused yeah, on funging, yeah. and and you know <laughs> now we're just like, you know, you can't get enough tokens that aren't funged anymore. Like they're just everywhere. <laughs> no, and everybody's collecting you can't, them. You can't. It's great. Uh, it's just this generation just doesn't know what they've got. Right. They have so much funging. Well, so much. And, and <laughs> who knows if they wouldn't have changed that original draft of the Declaration of Independence? Maybe, maybe we would have gotten, never would have gotten to this point um, if we would have had that uh, God-given inalienable right. Um, yeah. Uh, huh. No, 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 no fungibility without representation. I mean, that's right. It was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should we go? Should we go talk about the baseball again? I don't know. I don't know how we get back. <laughs> We're so far in. <laughs> what uh, is the pivot from? Oh, I don't know. From NFTs to to uh, media coverage. Well, media coverage of, of NFTs has been a bit mixed. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, uh, speaking of uh, tactics, I, I, I guess like. We want to talk about next is talking talking of talking of absolute undeniable scams. <laughs> let's talk about the MLB t- the, the MLB's tactics during the course of this during the course of this uh, negotiation. Because the thing that has been incredible to me is you know it, when there is a negotiation between an employer and a union, 
And, you know, MLB and MLBPA, it's not the same as what's going on between Starbucks and the Starbucks Union and similar cases like that. But the, the dynamics are similar. You know, obviously, players are wealthier. They have more power than people who, are, who can be fired at will. Um, but the dynamics are fairly similar. And the MLB has... I don't know if they're bad at lying or if they are completely disinterested in being seen to lie because it has been incredibly amateurish the way that they have ne- tried to negotiate with the union and via the media. It's been absolutely incredible. Yeah, it really has. I mean, they, they in their statement, when they canceled the first week of the season, right, they, they sent out a... Um, they put out a statement uh, in Rob Manfred's voice that was like just ridiculously condescendingly uh, fiction, right? It was so, it was so bad. Um, So one of the quotes is, I want to assure our fans that our failure to reach an agreement was not due to a lack of effort on the part of either party. And it's like, yeah, I guess so. But you've spent 43 days twilling your fucking thumbs. It's just just so I mean, it's, it's, it's not even trying. This is the thing, like, you and I have both worked in communications in our time. And you go through those meetings and you know that you, you, you've got to, you've, the, the, the credibility of your line. Yes. Even if your line is not, like, completely true. Like, I'm not going to say that I've ever been involved in putting out lines that are not true. But the credibility of your line is really, really key. And for Rob Manfred to sit in a meeting and talk with his comms people and say, hey, why don't we say that? we've tried everything we possibly can like how could you how could you even like they must have all like like spat their mountain dew across the table when he (laughs) suggested it it's just like the stupidest fucking idea yeah that's what they went with the the thing that really pissed me off was the one of the other lines was in that same statement he says i think you also need to remember that the last five years have been very difficult years from a revenue perspective for the industry given the pandemic (laughs) So he said the last five years have been very difficult years from a revenue perspective for the industry, given the pandemic. And that is just like, first of all, the pandemic happened two fucking years ago. What are you? So, you know, even if we're taking, you know, saying the Major League Baseball has been hit really hard by the pandemic, which we know, we know everybody, 2020 was bad for not just Major League Baseball, but pretty much everybody, you know. And then 2021, we know that Major League Baseball's revenue bounced back. It had a really, really good year. So we know we 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 haven't seen the books for every team, but what we have seen and what we do know, it's a pretty good it's a reasonable expectation that baseball is, from a money standpoint, doing just as good if not better than ever. So this is just like straight up lying to us, um, straight up like just completely peeing on our legs. Um, and there's another part of that metaphor that I'm just is it pe- telling us it's raining? Is that what it is? Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He, he, he is pissed in our chips. He's pissed in our fucking chips. I'm. I. I was so mad. <laughs> I like literally was. I had to like, like go for a walk. I, cause, you know, I walked to get um, Ruby from daycare that that day because I was like, I can't. Yeah. I just have to like. I can't. This is. So, I'm so but infuriated. It, it, it got particularly embarrassing when they got to the fake deadlines. It's like you know. Look, we all set ourselves deadlines. You all say, you know, I've got to do this thing by six o'clock, and it's all it's all nonsense. But the the fake deadlines and the cancelling of series, yes, was so transparently silly that it just it just made them it just it just lacks credibility. Yeah, and um, uh, it just felt embarrassing. I mean, the the last two weeks I've just found it very difficult because you know they've just felt silly. It's been slapstick, right? No, and they, they, and they, they, it was obvious because they kept extending them. They kept like, they'd have, oh, if we don't reach an agreement by 5 p.m. on this day, we have to cancel a week of games. And it's like, huh? <laughs> okay. And then it's like, you know, 5 p.m. rolls around and Bob Nightingale, who just happens to have what the owners are thinking always on his, in his, in his Twitter feed, um, he says, like, oh, there's a lot of optimism about striking a deal. There, there, no talk of the deadline now. Like, they're like, you know, maybe they can reach it. They can reach it before you know everybody goes to bed tonight. Um, and then it's like, oh, well, actually, we don't have a deal tonight, but uh, there's still a lot of optimism that we can bridge the gap by you know 
in in short order, and so um, they're going to hit hit back at it tomorrow. Get back at it tomorrow, and hopefully reach a deal. And then the next day rolls around, and we find out that they'd thrown another like wrench into the tried to like sneak a bunch of things past the players, and the players are like, "Hell no!" And then you know they cancel a week of games, and it's just I, I don't know. I, I, they, they, again, they took forty three days to essentially Scrooge McDuck around in a pool of coins, <laughs> right? And and then they put forward these arbitrary deadlines, and it's just I don't know. It's just like I, I don't know. It's just like, uh, it just it, it was clearly a tactic. And I, you're right. Like everybody has, you have to do things, you know, strategically. And there had there was a point of all this, um, and I'm sure it added urgency. It certainly added urgency media media coverage, um, but it it definitely like, you know, I think it was a and it yeah. It does feel like it kind of finished the talks a little early, mm-hmm. you know, like the thing about the the vote within the union. Yeah. Um, the executive board of, of, of players that were negotiating, um, voting against. Yeah. Everyone else going for it definitely feels like uh, it, it feels like the the players just were like, fuck it, let's get back to work. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think what what, the, what you saw is the executive board of the union, the eight players, um, all unanimously voted against the deal, and then unanimous, yeah. And then it was yeah. only four other teams um, voted against the deal. Uh, what is it? What is that? <laughs> What's the math? It's unknowable number. 18, 21? I don't know. Uh, a lot of teams. <laughs> the, 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 the the executive eight was eight, eight and zero. Oh. Eight. And the the player the players committee, which is one representative from each of the uh, teams, voted twenty six to four. Twenty six to four, right? Okay, okay, you're right, right. So, um, and that's yeah, you're right. It was like the players were like, ah, we got a good enough deal, we want to get back to the field, and um, yeah, and part of it is I, you know, I was seeing it from fans who had spent the entire lockout, you know, pointing out how ridiculous owners were being and being entirely pro player and then because of this like you know it really cynical but i think you know and 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 ham ham uh handedly deployed tactics of you know dangling a bunch of optimism and and and, like this idea that we were going to get this done and baseball's going to be back and all that and then having it fall apart it was starting to you know great on a lot of fans and we got i think it actually was starting to turn people against the players. I mean, you know, they were like starting to be like, "Oh, come on, guys! This is a good. This is this seems good. Everybody's moving. This yeah, seems like a good it's deal. Good enough. It's good enough. Like, it's come on, enough. let's go back. Let's play baseball." And it's like, I'm sorry, but like that's 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 the owners' tactics working. And it and I kind of have to say, like, as bad as they were, and as obvious and transparent and cynical as the, those tactics were, they kind of worked. You're right. They kind of worked. Um, they got they got to a resolution. Um faster and you know a deal that could have been probably could have been better for the players but you know you're, you're i think you're what you said originally was right it was a pretty good deal for the players um but it could have been better probably yeah anyway now what matthew now now what now let's play some fucking baseball yes <laughs> yeah i'm just happy we're not like flipping coins again to play a, play a baseball game like we did during the pandemic do you remember that we had like a coin flipping game we did that in a whole episode yeah know. that was so like, bad can you i I, that I, was so bad. I had this moment of oh god we're gonna do that again aren't we like we're gonna there's gonna be no baseball in april and we're gonna like have an episode where we're we're bringing back the the coin flipping game uh it was a great game it's very fun when there's no baseball um you know shout out to steve Crouppen, right it was steve Crouppen's uh yeah, game. yeah. um but anyway, yeah, there's a lot of free agents that need to sign. Um, Cleveland needs to field a team. Uh, that would be nice. Uh, but spring training is happening now. Opening day is April 7th, you know, which is a little bit, honestly, a week of delay uh, for, you know, in parts like Chicago and Cleveland. It's not a bad, that's not a bad thing. Uh, <laughs> not playing games in March is, is, you know, always helpful to avoid snow outs. But, um, yeah, and and that that reminds me, uh, I've already been, we've already been asked about um, when our preseason predictions do. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so people are that, people are pumped that baseball's back, and uh, you know they got to get your preseason predictions will be due sometime in early April. Um, stay tuned for an official announcement with all the 
the rules. Um, and you know, Ross Morales are people, kind of going for number th- win number three. Is what he's doing. He is the Dodgers of battery mates predictions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, so can I one last thing in the now what category here? Um, I do think like there needs to be some sort of like it kind of gets back to what we were talking about last time that no one's looking out for the, the good of the sport or for, you know, um, the health of, of baseball as a, as a, you know, a, a fan centric, um, and, and not just a profit gaining, uh, device for owners. Um, and so I, you know, I have witnesses who can attest to the fact that I was having a conversation about how do we, how do we reform the commissioner system? In baseball, and and have it an elect a commissioner that actually is accountable to both sides on this and to fans, um, and is more independent from the owners and not just representative of the thirty teams. Um, and then a couple days later, I'm not say, I'm not saying I'm being my phones are tapped by Jason Cantor, but um, Jason Cantor did tweet <laughs> later on, um, and, and you know who knows he's a smart man. Um, maybe he came to this independently. Um, but he said, I'm just going to read it. Baseball needs a new commissioner system. One where the commissioner of baseball's loyalty is to the game of baseball and not solely to the already rich and constantly getting richer owners of baseball teams. Um, so I'll just set aside that really suspicious language uh, in terms of similarity. But um, it is it is a really good idea, if I do say so myself. And I don't know how we do that. Um, I don't know... Like, but I think it's reasonable to say if baseball is going to get this sweetheart antitrust exemption, we should, you know, put a requirement that they they don't operate like a corporate, you know, a regular corporate entity that is just trying to drive profit up. That they have to have some sort of accountability to, you know, <laughs> if it, if they get an exemption because it's a national pastime, maybe they get uh, some accountability to. The nation, um, and I'm not saying we need to like, uh, you know, re- go in with regulators and you know have, uh, you know, Joe Biden's thugs coming in to uh, regulate baseball. But any any anyone who can show that they have watched a baseball game in the previous season should get a vote <laughs> on who the who the commissioner is, and I absolutely guarantee you the first election for MLB commissioner will be between Bernie Sanders and Mitt Romney. And <laughs> I am extremely excited about, extremely excited about that election. Extremely excited. Oh man. That would be a really good, that'd be fun. Yeah. Can you, we can... By the way, by the way, can I, I just don't have to go off on a tangent, but there was an incredible piece of internet content at the weekend where um, a New Yorker, uh, said that he'd seen um, uh, the mayor, mayor Adams oh, right. uh, walking into some building, and he had said he'd pointed the guy's cap and been like, "Hey, we don't wear Boston Red Sox caps in this building," and <laughs> the guy was wearing a Brooklyn Dodgers, a Brooklyn Dodgers cap. It's so <laughs> fucking awkward. It's so bad. So awkward. So I don't know why I thought about uh, 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 someone who parades around as being a huge baseball fan but isn't actually a huge baseball fan. But Mitt Romney was in the previous sentence, so that's where that inspiration came from. Did I did I see that it's his birthday today? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Happy birthday, Mitt. How old is Mitt Romney? Or should I say should I say Willard? <laughs> you should say Willard. I should say Willard. Is he named after the hotel? <laughs> no, oh. no, the hotel's named after him. Okay. <laughs> uh, how old is Mitt Romney? Do you know? There was a time when you did that, know. Yeah, I should know that. I, I don't know that. It's un- I'm, I'm, I'm uh, googling it now. It's unknowable. They won't not, will not tell us. No, it's he's seventy five today. Seventy five ah, years young. So, he looks so good for seventy five. Yeah, shit. If I look Seriously. like, I would like to look like Mitt Romney when I'm seventy five. Do you remember when it's Rufus incredible. Gifford got this? Get uh, uh, you know, not um, he got mis- mistaken for Mitt Romney. Yeah. There's a yeah, story where Rufus, so... <laughs> Rufus he, was, like... he, he, he was pretty upset about that. He was. He was Mitt Romney's like 30 years upset. older than he is. Yeah, yeah, but Mitt Romney looks good. And, yeah. and all Mitt Romney's ever had is millions and millions of dollars to help him. 
in his uh, quest for health. It's just it's amazing what you can do with literally millions of dollars. The best part about that story, and our listeners are, I mean, let's not think of ourselves. Nobody's listening at this point in the episode. But um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but the best part about that story is that the, the, where it happened was on an elevator, and, and Rufus was on an elevator with the president, President Obama, and uh, some somebody, some random person got on the elevator and was like, oh, wow, you guys just hang out? Like, thinking it was Mitt Romney and Barack Obama just on the elevator together, just the two of them. <laughs> and first of all, that's an amazing thing to have happened. But to have somebody mistake Rufus for Mitt Romney is even funnier. Um, uh, you guys just hang out? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we'd be a lot better off as a nation if uh, the two candidates for president every year had to just ride elevators together throughout the entire election. Um they couldn't ride the elevator without the other one. That would be so. You know, I've got commissioner ideas. I've got elevator bipartisanship ideas. Um, you know, I'm an ideas man, Matthew. <laughs> I'm sorry to worry. I think I had too much coffee today. I'm like, <laughs> if you can't tell, listening at home, I, I'm like bouncing off the walls. Um, but baseball's back, and that's why I'm so excited. I've had too much beer. Okay. <laughs> this is this would be explained by a time difference. Um, <laughs> um, we'll, obviously, we'll go out uh, later on, but um, tonight is uh, daylight saving time. We, we spring forward, so we're losing an hour tonight. So this this coffee. We're not. Yeah, we're you not. So for the next two weeks, we'll be an hour closer together. You know, I kind of already feel it. <laughs> You already feel closer to me. Oh dear! All right, let's go and watch some base. Let's go and watch some spring training. Let's get ready. I mean, I'll tell you what. I've got to get my head around the prediction contest and uh, and my fantasy draft. I have just not given any thought to any of this. I know, all. I know. We got to plan our in person, um, you know, battery mates at the ball- at the ballpark. I was talking to Mary about the the, the trip and. She she said, look, you know, go wherever, you know, want you to want to make sure you see some baseball. I didn't go on a trip in twenty twenty, didn't go on a trip in twenty twenty one. Um, you know, I, I don't want to travel during school holidays because kids will be off, obviously. Mm. But she said, Look, do whatever you need to do in order to shag some balls. <laughs> we gotta get out there and shag those balls. Why, Matthew? Oh, nobody knows why. Nobody knows why. Okay, <laughs> should we start? Yeah. <laughs> now I know how you. Now I know how you felt for the last four years. 